0: boxing fans. This is episode 27 of the Pink Jumpsuit Boxing Podcast. My name is Ted Tate, and alongside me, as always, is Carter, the rabid beluga, Perrier. Welcome.
1: Uh, we're also accompanied by my dog, Russ, this morning. Uh, he's just sleeping here in the basement, a.k.a. our studio.
0: It's a beautiful studio and a beautiful dog. <laughs> I must add, so for one, uh, Tom's taking this week off because uh, he's down watching the... Rugby World Championships or the World Cup of Rugby Sevens, I think, in San Francisco. I uh, had
1: when he said he was going to be away, I actually had to Google the event he was attending.
0: Yeah, in Canada, I mean, I was living in New Zealand last year, so I'm a bit more familiar with the game, but it's not rugby's not something that you hear a lot of people following, but then again, we're a boxing podcast in Canada, and no one really follows boxing here. So, <laughs>
1: that's a fair point.
0: Carter, I must point out that your dog is looking quite plump. He's
1: a thick boy. Um, he's well clear over a 100 pounds right now. Um,
0: I feel like every time I come over, Russ has gained about 10 pounds.
1: I mean, that's likely. He's wild. He's a wild boy, and he's got that native blood in him. <laughs> but actually, he is from the Siksika Reserve. Got the will to survive. Beautiful. Like the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs>
0: Are you uh, are you trying to say that there's survivors out there? Yes, I am. All right, I'm not going to touch on that anymore. It's
1: best not to. Let's
0: move on. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's, I guess we uh, we haven't really been on the podcast uh, for the last few months, uh, even after we told you guys that we would definitely make it a, a priority to do this more. But, you know, at least it's not a year this time. Um but yeah, I don't know. There's there's not too much, there's not really a reason as to why we haven't done it other than laziness, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you you live like ten minutes
1: away from my house. Uh, we don't do anything on the weekends besides drink, so I'm not sure why this isn't easier for us to do. But, here we are.
0: Actually, I, I started watching The Wire. Oh,
1: I knew you would finally come around. Y- you were you were kind of a hater of that show for a little bit. Man, the first episode's bit.
0: so boring. It took me three times to get through it.
1: Okay, that's a fair statement, but once you commit to it, I I think that's the best TV show on television. Well, I I guess it's it's not on television anymore, but that's the best TV show ever.
0: I think it's really good. Um, I I always feel like I want to be a detective afterwards, but yeah, no, it's a really good show. That's the most interesting thing that's happened to me. I watched that... uh, the movie with Jim from The Office last night, that one kind of sucked, so. Well, he is an actor, so he stars in many movies. Uh, the one with his wife, with Emily Blunt. The one where they couldn't talk. <laughs> oh, a, a quiet, quiet place. Yeah, Very memorable, clearly. <laughs> I don't know, he got super good reviews. I thought it kind of sucked.
1: Uh, so, we too watched that. I thought it was good from a stylistic point
0: of view, but I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Why does every alien in movies now have to sound like a mixture of the T-Rex from Jurassic Park and Predator? Right. And- <laughs> <laughs> it feels like
1: it had the... What was that Mel Gibson movie? Signs. It felt like that. Yeah, why We're- didn't they just chuck water on these things? But this h- giant problem of aliens killing everyone and then a super easy solution to totally nullify that they're here.
0: Like... It was... It, there were so many... Whatever. I'm not going to give spoilers out, but there's oh. there's a lot of plot holes in that.
1: You know what? I'm an asshole, so I am going to give spoilers uh, don't out. Don't do it.
0: Oh. Don't do
1: it. Well, anyways. So, what is his typecast? I mean... He... He's Jim. He's, everyone just sees him as Jim. I agree. I know what you're saying, but I'm having a hard time picturing the typecast. But uh, He was in that uh, 13 Hours Benghazi movie.
0: Did you think of him as Jim when you were watching it? You know... What's his actual name?
1: (laughs) Well played, Ted. (laughs) Anyways, why don't we get into some actual boxing talk, seeing as how we are a boxing podcast. Some might say that.
0: At times we do that. Um I guess we'll start off with uh, there was a unification fight at the cruiserweight level last or yesterday during the daytime for us. Um it was between Murat Gassiev and Alexander Usyk. Carter, what'd you think of the fight?
1: So, well, Usyk was just on a totally different level. He was way way better. Uh it wasn't even close in terms of skill or competition. So if you guys watched the fight you would know that it was just a total outclassing. Uh, Usyk worked the ring, had absolute command of the space, and cruised to a very, very easy and decisive victory.
0: Yeah, this is uh, one of the. Well, this is the final of the World Series or World Super Boxing Series, World Boxing, Se- whatever it's called. The, the super this... amazing <laughs> boxing. Super boxing. <laughs> Um, and it unified all the champions. Uh, Alexander Usyk is actually, he's a gold medalist from, was it the London Games? Uh, we yeah. should probably know this, but whatever. Um, he, he's a really good fighter. He's a solid boxer. Um, but he actually, um, he, he was just a master in the ring yesterday. And from the first round on, if you watch, there's one point um, where it became pretty clear who's going to take control of the ring. And that uh, was when Usyk pivots in the first round, and Gassiev had no clue where to go, he didn't, he lost, like, you, you just see him staring at the ropes, basically, and then he catches <laughs> on to uh, Usyk and eats a few jabs, which was, I mean, that was, that was the story of the fight, it was a uh, beautiful movement, uh, lots of people compare Usyk to Lomachenko, uh, but at a cruiserweight level, they are training partners, and man, like, he, that's one of the fastest, most fleet of foot uh, cruiserweights I've ever seen. Like he looked like he looked amazing. He is
1: really light on his feet. Um, And I like that you brought up that first pivot. Uh, I guess as they would compare it in, in NBA, he was, he had his ankles broken. He was banished to the shadow realm with that. (laughs) He had no answer. And like Ted just said, he was indeed just staring at the ropes and eating punches. After that first pivot, and it was pretty damn clear that that was going to be a huge issue for for him after that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm actually I'm pretty interested because I always like looking at social media after a fighter master classes like he did uh, because I want to see how long it takes for the internet to turn on him. Like um, this Usyk's style has been the same for his past few fights. If you watched him on HBO or you watched him at the beginning of this tournament. What you see is what you get, and hes he hasn't really made too many adjustments. He's always fast on his feet. He's always hitting from different angles, and he did it again. Uh, but what I want to see is uh, how long it takes the internet to start calling him boring because he doesn't want to get hit. Uh, I feel like these skilled guys, more often than not, they got about three fights where everyone loves them. And then uh, afterwards, if they're not getting knocked out or if there hasn't been or if they're not continuously knocking guys out in the first or second round, the Internet says, like, oh, they've been exposed. They're garbage, uh, boring fighter. Well, no, the, the sport of boxing is hit without getting hit, swim without getting wet. And this guy, he's Michael Phelps in there. Uh, see,
1: the great thing is, is that when boxers become hated, it then becomes cool to like those fighters
0: tell that to Rigondao on fans
1: <laughs> you can't have any sport without the hipsters um eris lara fans
0: man <laughs> i love his fights do you yeah d- do you really i really loved a quiet place <laughs> <laughs> he
1: well he's so masterful in the way he, uh he's playing chess 3d chess in the ring
0: yeah, it, like that's that's a huge difference too because Usyk actually engages. Lara does not. Uh, I we're a we're a mid level casual. I would say yeah. boxing podcast. Like we we talk stupid shit, but we'll we'll tell you what fights are good, which ones to avoid. Uh, we've gone on record many times saying don't watch Lara or Rigondeaux. You're not going to want to as a casual fan. You're not going to want to watch the sport. But Usyk is a smart boxer who's fun to watch. He may shoe shine a bit too much which um if you don't know what shoe shining is that's kind of like doing the the pity pat like really really fast but not so hard punches um it, it's good for judges uh it can set up, set up punches sometimes but uh, they're not super powerful and Usyk does that a lot um but he, I mean he's still he's making his mark when he gets inside there and he's an entertaining fighter to watch so I don't know i I hope people don't hate on him but he is very feel so how how do we feel about the weight class? Well, I think he's already talking to Tony Bellew, um, who is, uh, is he going to go up to heavyweight? I, I would assume that's what's next for him. He's he's unified, so.
1: Well, I, and you don't want to sit in cruiserweights and end up like Glowaki and just beat on people <laughs> a tenth of your skill level for a decade and never have an interesting fight.
0: Yeah, I In your mean, career. <laughs> most successful cruiserweights will move up to uh, heavyweight. I mean, you look at Holyfield, uh, even Hay, he started out as a cruiserweight and then he went up to heavyweight and pretended that he wanted to fight with Klitschko for about five years and then didn't. Blamed it on a toe. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, what kind of a shot do you give? Uh, say say Usyk goes up to heavyweight. Or say Gassiev goes up to heavyweight. Gassiev is 24. Like... Oh, I didn't realize he was that young. Well, he he uh, he looks very primitive at times. So. <laughs> yeah, He looks like it, a Neanderthal. Yeah, he kind of. He's got the <laughs> I, if I if he can put on
1: weight, uh, the thing is, is I feel like the cruiserweight to heavyweight jump is not like moving up a weight class from guys that are fighting lightweight into welter.
0: Well, it's as easy as this. Do you think he can beat Wilder?
1: Wilder, I I don't like that question because Wilder, to me, is this weird enigma of
0: Yes or no? Gun talent. to the head. Ugh, no. Do you think he can beat Joshua?
1: Mm,
0: yes. You think he can beat Joshua, but he can't beat Wilder. See, he, you
1: said gun to the head. The issue I have... Well, it's you're not a fanboy of
0: Wilder. I know this. It's a, wait,
1: fact. <laughs> but... <laughs> The problem I have with Wilder is I don't think that you can say anyone can decisively beat Wilder because... Well, Ortiz was doing it for like eight rounds, and then he, he met the eraser. Right. So you, you have that. Once you bring his right hand into the equation, you can have someone wildly better than him. and <laughs> And <laughs> like you said, the eraser, and it just will totally undo... Eight, ten rounds of however better you were than him.
0: Okay, yes, no. You got to go through him real quick. So we're going to, I'm going to re ask you this. Um, do you think he beats Joshua? No, yes. Okay. Do you think he beats Joseph Parker? Yes. Do you think he beats Luis Ortiz? Uh,
1: I think that's a closer fight. No. Do you think he beats Tyson Fury? Uh, I I would classify myself as a Tyson Fury hater, so I'm going to say yes.
0: I didn't like Tyson Fury's last fight, and I know it was a comeback fight, but that was bullshit. I felt bad for anyone who purchased a ticket, because that was trash. He literally was watching a fight in the crowd as his fight was going on, and it looked like the guy just gave up in the corner. It, it was stupid. But Tyson Fury, isn't he like 6'2 or something? Or Sorry, uh, like 6'8 or 6'9 or maybe even more than that? Like- yeah, he's.
1: I think he's damn near 7 feet. He is a... Massive, massive human being, and
0: I don't know the size of Usyk, but I think they're hes kicking around like six three, something like that. He's certainly so...
1: on TV. He certainly doesn't look as big. There would be a huge reach advantage, but I'd, watching Tyson Fury is like watching my dad fight. Like it—it's just not interesting. Are you saying, at saying all. that because he's fat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he just doesn't look like an athlete, and he does—he's good, but it's—I don't ever find his fights exciting
0: yeah uh i know he's got a massive following uh especially over in uh in britain but yeah i mean he's a good boxer he i mean absolutely to be honest he outboxed klitschko and joshua couldn't do that but joshua made a way more exciting fight so i don't know um i don't hate tyson fury i think he's fun to watch i love the uh i love the build-ups to his fights because he's an entertaining guy Sure. Well, and, it's got, like, uh, he's got like he's got an every man's type. Well, the the heavyweight character. division needs that man. Like Joshua doesn't. He doesn't really seem like a. Uh, he's not that entertaining. Wilder's pretty cool. I, I like I like the stuff that he does in interviews. I like how I'm he tries making it. himself known. Like he puts in way more effort um, to build his character than Joshua does. Uh, Joseph Parker is very boring. It's. <laughs> do you want to knock him out, Joseph? Yes, I think I would like to do that. What are you going to do in the fight? Attempt to knock him out. Like, he's boring. Uh, Huey Fury, boring. Um, mm-hmm. Luis Ortiz doesn't really speak English. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Tyson Fury is necessary. We're, we're derailing this. Uh,
1: it's hugely <laughs> derailing. But it's a good point nonetheless, because if you're going to have... Speaking from a business point of view, if you're... In boxing, you want a popular champ, so it doesn't do you any favors to have someone like Ortiz be a unified heavyweight because he can't – he's not going to make it any more popular than it already is.
0: I love Ortiz. Even, so do though, I. Even, even though he's tested positive, he's he's pissed hot a couple times, I think, and he's probably like fifty eight. But you know he's Cuban, so I I think that Usyk would fare okay at heavyweight. I don't know if he's got enough to take out the big guns.
1: It's our, if he can keep the movement that he has at, at cruiserweight and take it right up to heavyweight and not lose a beat, he could be he could be in the talks with a Joshua a Wilder. He could be at the top of the division but i his i didn't really see knockout power from him i don't doubt that he has it but it's not his primary it's not his primary weapon like it is with with wilder so i if he can't keep the speed i don't think he can outbox people at the heavyweight class so if he loses that weapon going up in weight i think he would be better off to stay
0: Well, whether he goes up to heavyweight or not, uh, I think we can both agree it's going to be interesting. For sure. Okay, so uh, if you didn't know, HBO still shows boxing. They had a card last night at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. They started off the show with uh, one of Miguel Cotto's newly promoted fighters and Freddie Roach trained, Alberto Machado. His nickname is El Explosivo. (laughs) <laughs> which is the same nickname my girlfriend gives me after a night of straight draft beer. Um, That's disgusting. <laughs> and uh, he's fighting Sweet Pea Raphael Mensah, which, interesting choice of nickname, but uh, he, Sweet Pea, you did not resemble last night. Anyhow, uh, it wasn't that much. It, it was an all right fight. Uh, Sweet Pea got his head knocked around for a bit. Uh maybe he should change his nickname to Split P because <laughs> got him. I I think all he's going to be doing is drinking meals through a straw. I think it was after the 5th round or something his jaw started swelling up. It actually looked like someone crammed a thing of Jiffy pop into his cheek. Um it was really really bad refing by weeks. There was there was multiple stanky legs. Um he got dropped a few times. It just—it kind of stunk. I don't like fights like that where the ref should stop it. This is a showcase fight. If you see a guy just getting his ass kicked, I mean, there's no reason. You don't need to let a guy
1: take damage like he did. Yeah, it was just poor roughing. There's no—there's no need to take a beating like that.
0: Yeah, Max Kellerman and Roy Jones were going at it, too, and Roy was saying, um— Well, Max starts it off, and he's like, oh, this is where, you know, the corner should be calling it. The ref should be protecting him. And, of course, Roy Jones, who, if you know Roy Jones, his career kind of went a little too long. Uh, Roy was taking the fighter's side saying, you know, give the fighter a chance. He believes in himself. He ultimately is the one that calls it, which I guess is very reminiscent of Roy Jones' extremely long career. I know
1: people complain about early stoppages and whatnot, and those happen. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think there was any question last night that he wasn't coming back from the beating he was receiving. So, I, as he, much as I like to side with a fighter and say give him a chance,
0: eh,
1: I think at some point you need to recognize that the fighter doesn't have a chance.
0: Man, HBO's slow-mo cam, instead of showing you slow-mo footage of him getting walloped, they (laughs) decided to show you footage of him staring at his corner while the fight's going on, and Lampley and Max are clearly... They're they're saying, like, this guy is straight up looking at his corner for help, and they're doing nothing about it.
1: One thing that I feel we glossed over way too quickly was his his moniker of El Explosivo <laughs> Was that what it was?
0: Yeah, yeah. El Explosivo. That
1: sounds like a looney tune character name. I, <laughs> but like with a slightly
0: racist tinge to it. How is that racist I, at all? You know, he's I don't, he's Puerto Rican so he likes blowing things up. I don't think they carry that with them. Is Explosivo actually Well, I'm sure he's the one that gets to choose it <laughs>
1: like it just seems like it seems like something I would say honestly.
0: Yeah, he's I mean, so explosive.
1: Oh, yeah, but if
0: you're a, if you're a fighter, they're not going up to you and saying like, "Hey, Carter, you're L Cracker." Like, <laughs> you have the ultimate final say in that. You're not gonna go up to the ring and the guy's gonna announce your name. And you'll be like, "Oh, that was a wild card. Didn't see that one coming." Thanks, assholes, for making them do that. This dude he's el explosivo. It just seems like a white guy
1: trying to order Starbucks in Mexico. Uh uno cafio frappuccino. Is that what
0: you sound like when you go to Mexico and order at Starbucks? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you just start adding o
1: to things and slightly making your accent Spanish and hope hope for the best. That's what his name sounds like to me.
0: Oh load. Um well, moving, moving forward, um, yeah, there was also De La Hoya was in the crowd. I don't know if you noticed, but he was sitting with uh, Ryan Garcia. Um, do you think he's doing this to tell Canelo, uh, like, put up or shut up? You- you're not going to be my date anymore <laughs> if you lose.
1: <laughs> Ryan Garcia, my new
2: best
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder, see, in- and that's one thing I, like, If you follow this kid on Instagram, the kid doesn't seem the smartest. Um, He also is quite annoying. Uh, But apparently the chicks love him. Oscar is probably all for that. um, Because I don't know if you've been following Instagram. But uh, Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis, they're going to be meeting up this week to spar. Because they they got sick of each other trash-talking each other. And they said put up or shut up. And so apparently Tank Davis is going to be going over to Ryan Garcia's gym and they're going to get it on. Um, Kind of a cool thing, too, because we were talking about The Wire. Gervonta Davis, for those who don't don't know, but if they watched the undercard of Mayweather McGregor, he was the guy that looked like Papa Smurf. Um, Anyhow, his trainer is... That's who Cuddy from The Wire's story is made after. Really? Yes. That is a fun fact. Yeah, so his trainer is Calvin Ford, and uh, the story of Cuddy in The Wire is based off of him. Really? Yep. Huh. That was a weird segue. Not well, even I... a segue, but it's, that's just a straight-up fun fact. Uh, so, the main event last night was Jaime Mungia, which, um, the name is spelt Jamie. Um, I'll touch on that in a second, but <laughs> Jaime Mungia versus Liam Beefy Smith. Um... So, I I just, as, before the fight even starts, like, this whole HBO broadcast, maybe it's because they're not doing as many fights, but the whole thing seemed a little, a little off, um, but Lampley busts out these pre-fight fighter stats, and he's done this before with Liam Smith, and Liam Smith has a sister who's got autism, um, one of the first stats he says, so these are the stats that he pumps up, it wouldn't be like, solid right hand, great uppercut, no, it's, um... Youngest sister has severe autism. First <laughs> what? off, what severe autism doesn't exist? That's not a thing. There's autism. There's different kinds of autism, but it's not like you go into a do- the doctor's <laughs> office and he's like, "Oh shit, that's the most severe autism I've ever seen." He said this on the broadcast. He didn't say it. He, well, he he said it before, but he he posts it on this like pre-fight stat. Like it's got the fighter graphic. Um and then no he did yeah severe what? autism like as if his sister has anything to do with this upcoming play. he's got about three inches of reach he's got a deadly left hand and his <laughs> sister has severe autism
1: <laughs> it was like that
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> under that was lost to Canelo um and then to to embarrass the guy uh says he dropped out of the Ali fight due to a skin condition so like. <laughs> They definitely didn't do this for Mongia, not that I saw. Um that is so absurd. Why is that of any note in a boxing ring? I don't know. Um when it, when Liam Smith came out too, like uh he's got I, I he, he walks to the ring and everything, and he's got his trunks on, but they say from front to back, like, I, I know that he's putting the, the name autism on the trunks because he's a good guy and everything, but it just, uh, maybe Jim might want to switch over to uh, what his trunks say, and that's Liam Smith's nickname is Beefy, so his trunks say Beefy Autism. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not meant to be funny, but... <laughs> At the end of the day, it... Who is their designer, me? Like, honestly, is that going to show up on Liam Smith's next fight stats? Like, sister diagnosed with severe, beefy autism. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like something you would see on, like, an Adam Sandler movie. (laughs) like, uh, a mess up. Like, someone fucked up and didn't tell the guy, like, yo, he's still got that beefy autism on his shorts. Like, I get it. It's, like, we're not... I'm not trying to take away anything with how good of a guy that Liam Smith is because he seems like a really good guy. Um, and you know, with his sister and everything, it's cool that he makes it aware. I think HBO goes about it the wrong way.
1: Well, it certainly seems like they do if, if it was even remotely as close <laughs> as you made it seem. Uh,
0: it's just so ridiculous. Um, anyhow, uh, Jaime Mongia um, I, I just I can't get, move past the beefy autism <laughs> <laughs> that seems like
1: a troll by the shorts designer he'd probably drink it with his buddies and he says I'm going to put autism on one side because it's something we should be aware about but I'm going to put beefy on the other
0: Like, yeah, let's submit end- this
1: and they go great short great trunk design and you,
0: mate, great
1: you great. can't go back and say we kind of made an autism joke no. Because you will lose your job.
0: But we're not even making an autism joke here. We're just Absolutely stating what not. happened. Like, yeah, this is factual. You can go and you can look at the beefy this. autism trunks mm. yourself. It seems like that short
1: designer is pot committed at this point. He cannot go back on that.
0: No, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Uh, you, you can't go up and say like, "Hey, man, like maybe maybe put something else instead of beefy or like you know awareness." Uh, <laughs> There's
1: certainly a better way to approach it. It seems, yeah. not that we handled it with the most tact either. Oh no, but... <laughs> no, no,
0: absolutely not. Uh, anyway, uh, getting away from the beefy autism and uh, going, <laughs> going going into uh, Munguia, um I, I for one just get annoyed that they like not annoyed. It's how you say his name. That's how the guy was raised saying his name. I just I see it as Jamie, and I would be interested to see. If the casual public, if no one's ever seen a Jaime Mugia fight, if they instantly look at the guy's name, and they're like, oh, it's Jaime. Like,
1: this sounds like a, an Angel Garcia type situation.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it, at least the announcers are saying it like that. You just go full Spanish and you're like, it's Angel. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Uh, It doesn't even sound like we're talking English, right? If you had just tuned into this, this this segment of our show right now is like a sex scene in a movie. Your parents walk in and they go, "What in God's name are you watching?" If someone had tuned into this soundbite right now, they'd be, "What on earth are you listening to?"
0: (laughs) Jaime, Now but like you, autism and and (laughs) Jaime. Well, we got the name for our episode. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, like, seriously, Christ. like... <laughs> anyhow, I don't know why it's such a big deal to me. It really... It's Jaime Munguia. Uh, he's a fun fighter to watch. Um, Jim Lampley and Max Kellerman were clearly... They, they had their own agenda tonight. They were told by HBO that they had to hype this fight for the winner of uh, Canelo Triple G because... At one point, Jim Lampley compared Munguia's rise to a young Mike Tyson.
1: Bold flavors. (laughs) Bold flavors, Jim.
0: And Kellerman was calling him a future superstar. Uh, How drastically their opinions changed at the end of this episode.
1: (laughs) Boy, did they look dumb
0: after. (laughs) But, I mean... You know, whatever. Uh, It was pretty cool to see. Uh, I haven't seen Alcazar. That's Oscar de la Hoya's old coach. Uh, Alcazar was working the corner of Munguia. Uh, Very cool selection. Uh, (laughs) Still going off about the beefy autism.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alcazar, Jaime Munguia. And all of a sudden, the furniture in my room started levitating. (laughs) 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 What are these names? It's out of control.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my geez. god! Oh, okay. So anyhow, um, noticing Mungia's style right off the bat, uh, dude just swings for the fences. He has zero patience. His defense is not that good for a guy who's been boxing since he was a little kid. And the guy, guy looked like his coach just told him just knock his fucking head off because uh, he would just load up hay- haymakers. It's but like what a he- shitty
1: version of Wilder, honestly.
0: Man, they were comparing him to Gotti. Well, like... <sighs> You're like Gotti, but not good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I need a timeout. Oh, <coughs> uh, jeez.
0: <laughs> Man, you get hit like Gotti. Like, you can definitely get your head cracked and not drop. And he did. Like, Liam Smith... I don't think of Liam Smith as the best boxer. Canelo disposed of him in uh, nine rounds. But I think it was nine. Um he made easy work of him but uh he just doesn't he doesn't hit that hard so this for a 21 year old kid and Mungia at times definitely looked 21 um it was the perfect fight for him uh there was a lot of opportunities for him to to you know learn in the ring he got to go the distance um Liam Smith's counters were really nice
1: i'll be honest i did not watch this fight so <laughs> i don't have
0: a whole lot to add to it <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, his counters were pretty good uh, Harold Letterman was smoking rock at the beginning of the episode <laughs> Like he has for the past couple of years of fights Where Harold Letterman is judging a lot of his fights on purely offensive aggression And that should not be how you judge a boxing fight uh, He did it with Kovalev's card in the first Kovalev Ward fight Um, he was salty about that yeah he even I mean I believe Triple G won the Canelo fight but he had it way like he just gapped it way too large Uh, anyhow it it didn't really matter because it was a flattening Um, but the card itself Carter, you're gonna have to go and watch this highlights do not do it justice you need to watch the full card so we not only saw two guys just knocking the shit out of each other um, and they did, they they hammered each other um, but I think it was in the uh, the, <laughs> the seventh round Mungia knocks him down and then uh, in the eighth round, we got to see shades of Jake the fucking Snake Roberts as Mungia DDTs him to the ground. I did watch that specific highlight because I thought, well,
1: Twitter's kind of blowing up over this, uh Man, it was Surely a it proper have, DDT. It, uh, that's exactly what I saw. <laughs> I thought, no, no way can... It wasn't a real DDT. Sure enough, it was exactly a DDT.
0: You got mooned. <laughs> you got <hymied>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then you would think that the the weirdness of this fight would stop there. Like, we're already going off the beefy autism, Alcazar, a DDT... But round nine, Mungia's grandmother is shown on camera with removing her dentures. <laughs> removing her dentures and cheering. Like she's cheering with dentures in her hand. Just a fucking weird fight. I don't even
1: know what there is to say. Um, it really has it all. Beefy autism, Jaime, and cheering grandma's Dentures.
0: Yeah, man. Like the this, denture
1: thing was weird. This it, was
0: an awesome fight. I, I actually liked it from start to finish. I thought it was good. Uh, the tempo never really dropped. It just they kept going. Liam Smith would try to counter, but just eat some thudding shots. And like, Mungia's bodywork is one of the most fearful-sounding thuds that you'll ever hear. Like, it makes my piss hurt just hearing <laughs> these shots. Those are the
1: when you hear leather connect uninhibited to a rib or a body, that is one of the worst sounds to hear.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, Mungia. Afterwards, he uh, he came out and he just said, "I'm pretty green. I'm new. I'm a kid. Like, just let me let me work at this." Which is smart because uh,
1: it's a good way to frame a loss like that. I, I agree with that. Um,
0: you mean a win. How's that hangover, Carter? Oh, it's bad.
1: <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> you know, we're champions here at Pink Jumpsuit, uh, bringing you the breaking news. Speaking of very odd boxing fights, uh, we were put onto a series that Barstool Sports puts on called Rough and Rowdy, and
0: we actually have Pat here to talk about it. Yeah, so we before we get Pat on the show, uh we'll give you a quick little rundown of this. This is kind of it's an odd event. It's we've touched on bare knuckle boxing before. Yeah, the BKB. Yeah. Well, they changed it from bare knuckle to I think they big knockout boxing. Anyhow, it was not it was bare knuckle boxing. Uh we talked about that. This is way different. Like this is uh there's no weight classes. Uh the name of this card is highlighted by I believe they're the main event. Um, yes. It's called Pride versus Prejudice, uh, which is unbelievable, because the guy that we're going to have on here, really nice guy, Pat McAuliffe. Um, Pat is gay, and his his opponent...
1: Uh, Bray Manteer.
0: Bray Mantier, definitely a hater of homosexuals. And Pat, who is gay, he had enough, so they're going to get it on. Yeah, the we'll get into it but the uh i believe it was
1: a twitter video i guess that's how they we'll, we'll ask pat but i guess that's how they get their opponents for for this this card is people will talk shit on twitter and then they can just decide to fight these
0: people well the uh, all the details are at roughandrowdybrawl.com um it all goes down at, in Youngstown, Ohio, so home of the Foo Fighters Enforcer, Kelly Pavlik. Uh, <laughs> and it goes out at the uh, Covelli Center on August 5th. It's $15.99 for pre-order for the pay-per-view or stream or $20, days, or $20 on the day of. Uh, if you're going to see it live, tickets range from $22 to $100. Yeah, uh, I guess from... Uh, <laughs> from all that we know about this we should bring in uh, pat here to talk a little bit more about it yeah so here at pink jumpsuit boxing uh we'd like to welcome to the show the writer for barstool sports and main event fighter of pride versus prejudice mr pat gay pat mcauliffe pat thanks so much for joining the show please take us through this
2: thanks for having me guys um yeah so i found out Everything happened pretty quick. The fight is on August 5th. I'm going to be fighting a guy named Bray um, who's an ex-con, uh, known homophobe, um, the opposite of me. So he challenged me to a fight. On Instagram, I asked the commissioner, uh, who is Dave Portnoy, founder of Barstool Sports, if I could accept his challenge. He said, yeah. And so now I've just been training my ass off, getting ready for this fight on August 5th.
0: I was going to ask, have you been going to a boxing gym or uh, is it just like a mixed martial arts gym?
2: Oh yeah, no, I've I've been going to a boxing gym. So I've been going to uh, Menendez Boxing near Madison Square Park in Manhattan um, and I'm training with two guys over there who have, uh, they're both former Golden Gloves boxers, they know what they're doing. So it's not not mixed martial arts at all, which I know that my opponent has some experience in mixed martial arts, but this is a straight up boxing match.
1: And so rough and rowdy follows like it's it's a boxing event, correct?
2: Correct. So there are I don't I don't know the exact number of fights and uh, that are happening that night, but I think it's over twenty.
0: I, uh, I I think it was thirty.
2: Thirty. Yeah, that sounds about right. So there's three. Uh, it's three one minute rounds. The fights are scored on a ten point must system, just like a regular uh, professional boxing match. So the fights move quick. So it's a minute uh, in between rounds, and each round is a minute. And uh, we keep them going. So we have some really exciting undercards. We have, you know, a cop fighting a skater. We have, you know, a bro- brothers fighting. Um, we have a bunch of other interesting storylines that we're going to be promoting throughout the week. And uh, I'll, I'll be the main event.
0: I feel like you should have Mari Povich as the main provo- promoter for this show.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, actually. Our last fight, which was uh, actually two fights ago, was Hank, uh, who's the producer for Part in My Take podcast, Fought one of the guys in our office, Tex, and they actually went on uh, the Maury Povich show. So,
1: wh- how exactly do you choose an opponent for this fight? It seems like it came off of right off of Twitter. Like he called you out on Twitter, and then you responded, and then all
2: of a sudden. So it happens pretty organically. I mean, a lot of the fights that we have are, um, you know, people who know each other settling scores, and we have obviously Barstool Sports is a, a massive. Um, has a massive outreach on social. So we advertise the fight and submissions start coming in from people who want to fight. And some of the people who submit who want to fight want to fight fight people at Barstool. So I had had people reach out to me in the past, uh, you know, challenging me to a fight for whatever reason. And I didn't do it. I, you know, I'd thought about it, but the timing wasn't right, whatever. And so this video uh, came across my desk, I guess you could say. And I said, you know what, fuck it. Let's fight this kid. And um, that's where we're at.
0: Do you expect the crowd to be similar to that of a gathering of the Juggalos?
2: <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know. I, I hope so. The Juggalos are uh, are hilarious. I think it'll be interesting because, you know, this is his, listen, this is his home turf, but at the same time, he's kind of a piece of shit. So it's, it's who are they going to root for? Are they going to root for the hometown guy or are they going to root for myself? Good versus, good versus evil, I guess you could say.
0: Are, are you going to be trying to do a lot of clinching and maybe uh, to throw him off his game, sneak in a kiss?
2: Listen, that's the plan. I, I've said it from the beginning. I want to give this guy a big fucking smooch right on the lips. I'm going to knock him out, and then I'm going to kiss him. That's the plan. Maybe I'll kiss him in the way, and I don't know. <laughs> but um, I'm
0: sure that'll go over well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll, I'm going to get in his head, get in that, that little brain of his, whatever brain cells he has left, try and get inside of him, so...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we, we kind of did some digging and went on his Facebook, and he's got a definitely a weird-shaped dome. It kind of re- resembles an alien from the movie Alien, or uh, even Bert from Sesame Street. But it's, <laughs> it's all on how you look at it, because if you look at it straight on, it's more of a cube, or that guy off Family Guy that Peter Griffin was like, I must draw you. Uh, but when it goes to the side, he's got this whole nother entity going on.
2: He's a conehead.
0: Yes, very much so.
2: (laughs) He had a, yeah, I don't want to talk too much trash about the guy because to be honest, I don't know him. All I know is what he said about me. But, um, you know, you go on his social media, which he's since locked down now that he's getting a little bit of publicity. And, you know, he's got a bunch of Confederate flag shit on there. It's just stuff that's like, it's like white trash, like meets like, southern, like, hick meets homophobe, like...
0: He's kind of like if WWF made Stone Cold Steve Austin a real redneck. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed genuinely bigoted, though. So, the stakes, at
1: least from outsiders looking in, the stakes for this seem really high.
2: Yeah, I mean, I listen, I wouldn't have taken the fight if if this wasn't real i had said i didn't i didn't want to do a fight like just for show like there has to be some real animosity for me to want to get in the ring in front of tens of thousands of people my friends my family represent my company um to a degree represent a portion of the community that i'm part of um it has to be some real animosity and you know based off that two minute video that uh i've seen he doesn't like me for whatever reason and if you don't like me, then fine. I don't like you. And so that's, you know, where we're at. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. The
1: video that he did send to you was rather interesting. Um, you had mentioned that maybe there wasn't a whole ton of brain cells rattling around in there. Um, his vocabulary <laughs> certainly seemed to, uh, to demonstrate that. Uh, so we went through. He called you a bitch. 15 times in a two-minute video, which equates to a bitch every eight seconds.
2: Yeah, that's uh, – you know, it was funny. When I wrote my initial blog, um, I, I almost – I wanted to put in – I wanted to do a word count for how many times he called me bitch and how many times he called me gay, but it was too many. So so I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just leave it, and I didn't do it. So I'm glad you guys went through. So it's how many times? 15 in two minutes. So that's once every eight seconds? Yep. Yeah. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Good fact. Good little fact to know. If you go back, see how many times he calls me gay too. That'll be interesting.
0: Is he aware that it's in a boxing ring?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think he is. So we're doing a. Um, we've sent out a few of our guys from Barstool who are going to get profiles on fighters over the next week. Yeah, um, and they're going to go interview Bray and uh, ding, talk to ding, him ding, and get ding, ding, his side ding, ding. of the <laughs>
0: Yeah, because every time that he, uh, he starts talking about what's going to happen in, uh, in your fight, he talks about taking you down to the mat and sliding you around. Um, he's, it's almost to the point where it seems like he's fixated on sliding you around.
2: He may be. I mean, that's going to be tough to do. I don't want to underestimate the guy, but I will say I'm, I'm definitely uh, a little bit bigger than him. But then he again, th- he's been stewing in prison for the past three years, <laughs> so he's got prison prison strength.
0: That's a very real thing. Um, Maybe to add to some, uh, some fight day weigh-in trash talk, you can bring up to him. Uh, in his video, he says, and I quote, uh, you're going to be sitting there watching Grey's Anatomy dreaming of Mr. McDreamy. Well, guess what? You're going to be dreaming after I hit you with one punch, punk. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he dropped the McDreamy character because... To me, that points out that he definitely is a fan of Grey's Anatomy and has been watching Grey's Anatomy before. So I don't understand the hate, really.
2: Is Dreamy a character in Grey's Anatomy?
0: Absolutely.
2: See, I didn't even know that.
1: I'm blown away. This is, I I think this is even fairly common knowledge.
2: Really? It sounds like he's gayer than me. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> there you go. It certainly seems that. We were talking about it bef- before we started started the show. And I thought, huh, it is interesting that he would bring bring up a Grey's Anatomy character. I thought, well, maybe he'll try and throw it in Pat's face. But if you don't know who the guy is, he sure looks like an idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even more so. God, they just got Grey's Anatomy in Ohio, so probably on move him. But so- listen, I mean, the the bottom line is. You know, he's, uh, he's one of these guys who thinks he's really tough. He's got some tattoos and he's got the intimidation factor working for him. And you look at him, he looks like a scary dude, right? But none of that really matters when you get into the ring. So he can talk and be as tough and as homophobic and whatever as he wants. But when the bell rings on August 5th, he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is because, uh, I'm not going in there to have fun. I'm going in there to get a job done and hopefully that job will, will, uh, will take place pretty quick and I don't think it'll even take three minutes.
1: So you're obviously going for a full blown KO then?
2: Um I'm I'm not gonna say I'm going for a KO. I'm just gonna say I'm focused on I'm focused on the fight and I'm focused on winning the fight. If the knockout comes the knockout comes, but uh you know, it's not something I'm necessarily looking for. I don't really want to talk strategy too much, but
0: You don't want to give anything away. Exactly. You think that Bray might be tuning into this? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take that as a compliment.
2: (laughs) I mean, he could. Listen, I don't know. I don't want to underestimate the guy. He may come off as dumb, but he may be smart. You never know who he has around him, who he he has helping him. I'm sure they are reading the stuff that I'm I'm writing and listening to the things that I'm saying. So, again, I mean, anything can happen when you get in the ring. You can can look tough, and then you can turn out to be a, a little bitch, or... You know, you can look like someone who can't do much and you can get in there and you can lash out and you can wreak havoc uh, and really take someone down a peg. So who knows if he's listening to this?
1: There's nothing like a 24 year long con for a rough and rowdy fight. (laughs) I'm going to trick everyone into thinking I'm a piece of shit and then come out and put on a masterclass of
2: boxing. Yeah, I mean, I'm training hard, so I hope he's uh, I hope he's doing the same.
0: Right on, uh Pat, any plans to continue boxing after you've done this fight?
2: uh you know we will see i I've actually been enjoying my training, so I think it depends on um depends on where my head's at, but i I definitely like to keep training because you get in great shape from doing it so we'll we'll have to wait and see
0: right on, uh well, Pat, we thank you so much for jumping on the show here. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and best of luck knocking out the uh The piece of shit. (laughs) There's there's really no other way to look at it. The guy's just... uh, Coming from Canadian guys, when you hear about this stuff, I mean, obviously this exists here, but it's just, it's mind-blowing to see someone like this just being as blatantly homophobic and just a horrible person as the guy seems that he is. And putting it online, I couldn't get over that. Like, he is broadcast to the
1: world. This is who he is.
2: Yeah, it's bizarre that someone in 2018 would want to market themselves like that, but, you know... It exists, so that's where we're at.
0: Well, we hope you put them on the canvas more than once.
2: Hey, all right, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, the well wishes.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for tuning in.
2: All right, guys, bye.
0: Once again, rough and rowdy brawl 4, Pride versus Prejudice. Uh, it's all available for purchase, whether it's in the or at the event center uh, or online uh, at roughandrowdybrawl.com. dot com. That's rough, the letter N rowdybrawl.com uh it all goes down August 5th at the Covelli Center in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh if you pre-order, it's 15.99 for the uh I think it's a live stream or pay- pay-per-view. And if you order it the day of, it's 20 bucks. Tickets ranging from 22 to 100 bucks. You spend 22 bucks, you get your money's worth. You're going to get to see a lot of knockouts if you if you're a bloodthirsty fan, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, well like like Pat said there's 30 fights. And if you're a fan of Justice, if we get to see Pat knock this dude out, that's just a good story. And you know what? That goes
1: in with the tag... Well, Is that a tagline? Yeah, that's a tagline. Pride and Prejudice. How good of a tagline is that? It suits the event. <laughs> it's killer. It is. I think boxing needs better taglines in general.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean... I, I think they've, through the years, they've kind of run out. You can only have, like, The One or Bad Blood so many times. Right. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> We've heard it all.
1: But anyway, whoever came up with that at Barstool is a damn, is damn good at their job. They should be given a raise. I,
0: I wish they would have named Pacquiao's fight versus Matisse Bad Blood. <laughs> Terrible. That's a good one. It's a play <laughs> on words. Speaking of
1: that fight, uh, we, we were uh, just chatting in our... Do you know what balut
0: is? No. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, it's a Filipino delicacy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's basically a chicken fetus and an egg. And apparently it tastes like a mixture of yolk and uh, salt, but it's crunchy because it's a fetus. <laughs> that sounds awful. Pacquiao, Matisse, bad Balut. <laughs> it sounds like
1: all Balut would be
0: bad. No, they, man, apparently it's really good. I think it's disgusting because of what it looks like, but apparently it's delicious. Mm. Bad Balut. <laughs> I, I, I cannot support that. Well, you're outnumbered on this one. A lot of people think it's delicious.
1: The texture seems like it would be awful. It's like crunchy snot.
0: Well, you haven't had it, so you can't knock it until you try it.
1: That is true, but... Do you like oysters? I, you know, I don't think I've consumed enough oysters in my lifetime to really have an opinion on them. I, I'm going to say I'm indifferent to oysters.
0: Oh, yes. As you were saying, Pacquiao fought two weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: for, for a belt, if you can believe it or not, Matisse was the WBA belt holder, um... I thought Ted was joking with me when he put this in chat, so I decided to try and figure out how on earth Matisse ended up with this belt. And it actually took a bit of detective work. Well, not detective work, but it wasn't immediately available information. Um, I guess when Thurman decided not to continue contesting his belt, they stripped him of it, and God, I don't even know who was matisse and tama tama uh, i don't know <laughs> he fought a nobody in a fight that no one watched on h b o after dark was and- it beefy autism <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up with this belt so
0: yeah they just needed someone to hold it i guess i just i was shocked too when i heard that they were fighting for it. I'm like it was what? absurd. When I saw them at the weigh-ins and the pre-fights and all that, and they had this belt, I'm like, was this like when we saw Zab Judah at Grey Eagle Casino and he was walking around with the WBC title? Like, I know they give them to these guys, but you know, once you lose it, you're not the champ anymore. But uh, breaking off from that, uh, I I, I, I got just a quick wasn't question sure about the belts. Actually, is it like.
1: Well, obviously, it's a Canadian show, so the greatest trophy in all of sports being the Stanley Cup.
0: Is it like the cup that there's only one, and then you you get to have it? Well, another interesting fact, Carter. There isn't just one Stanley Cup.
1: Well, there's two of
0: them. They, they take they they move the rings around. Yes, I did know that, but the it's
1: it's not like a a Super Bowl or a World Cup where you yeah, yeah, get it's just it and one keep trophy
0: it. and yeah, no, no, no. Um, I do believe, uh. It's when you win the belt, like, that's that's your belt, you take the belt, but I think they'll send you a, a replica or something.
1: Okay, so you do get a belt for your co- So when they strip you of it, you're not mailing them back a belt.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at the pictures that Mayweather posts. He still has all the belts from his lighter weights. He oh, yeah, that's with, good He point. poses with all those belts, right? Like, they yeah, wouldn't yeah. just, you know, take over a division and leave it.
1: Speaking of belts... I would just like to acknowledge that our Tag Team Fantasy Champion belts are here. And I don't have to give those back, because I won them.
0: You will come January.
1: (laughs) Anyways, so Pacquiao now holds a belt again. Um, He still has... What do you think? Is he still going to do one more fight and lose the belt?
0: Well, he says that he wants to fight the young blood, uh, which is dangerous for Pacquiao because I think right now with all the all the supporters and yes men that go around with oh. him, um, I think that's a dangerous thing because I know that Chris Algieri is—he sounded like a salty guy on that broadcast. If you if you were listening to the broadcast with Algieri, you could have been listening to the one with Timothy Bradley, where all Timothy Bradley wanted to do was talk about his fights with uh, Pacquiao, but. Um, Algeri, when he was talking about it, he was kind of alluding to Pacquiao's speed. And then on Chris Mannix's boxing podcast, it was the first thing he said was when he was watching the fight, he was like, oh, Manny Pacquiao's not fast anymore. Um, he looked very flat footed. He, in my opinion, he just got the right opponent. And Matisse has been done since post all cracked that eye. And yep. he, he hasn't, man, Matisse, everyone hypes him up as this monster. And, you know, if he's in there with the right guy, like a Provodnikov, he can look really good. If he's in there, I'm still shocked at the, um, the uh, Peterson fight when he knocked him out. Um, and that's what got people really going. But once, yeah. he, once he fights someone that can box, he's not that good. Like, Danny Garcia had his way with him for most of the fight. Um, postal beat him. He, he knocked him out. Um, and then it came to Pacquiao and Pacquiao just, Pacquiao looks like a shadow of the the old Pacquiao. I watched uh, Pacquiao oh, sure Morales 1, 2, and 3 last night after watching boxing because it was like, oh man, those are really good fights. I wonder I wonder what he, like, I, I remember him a certain way, but after watching him this weekend, let's see how it translates. And I went from those fights and then I was like, okay, well, let's try something more recent. And I went to the R- the Rios versus Pacquiao fight. And even there, he is lightning fast, like... Yeah, he's still really quick. But if he matches up against a Terrence Crawford, an Mm. Errol Spence, if Keith Thurman wants to actually get back into boxing, like, he loses. Let's not forget, one year ago he lost to Jeff fucking Horn. Yeah,
1: he... You know what? You're the one that always harps on this, the the passing of the torch uh, to the next generation of up-and-comers. At this point, does Pacquiao even have a torch? Yes. You still think he has
0: a torch to pass? Yes, absolutely. His name does more marketing wise and image building for whoever beats them than anyone. And I think it's at the point of his career where it's not like when, you know, when Marquez KO'd him and a lot of people were pissed off at that. And they, instead of just accepting the Pacquiao loss, they're like, well, fuck him because he was roided up and, you know, look at his back and all that. And that wasn't. That's not fair, and they were pissed. Or the Timothy Bradley, who beat him, and then it ruined Bradley's career. Like, people <sighs> hated Timothy Bradley Timbo of it.
1: shakes. We've talked about it at length on here.
0: But I think he's at the point where people just kind of want a definitive spot in his career where they can say, unlike with what Roy Jones did with his, they can say, hey, like, that's it. You had a wicked career. We're very thankful of it. Enough. It's and done. and and I think whether it's a Lomachenko, whether it's um, you know an Earl Spence, whether I don't think that it's going to be Earl Spence. I hope it's not Terence Crawford, and I doubt Keith Thurman's going to get it. Uh, I could see the Lomachenko fight, and I think people like Lomachenko enough to you know that's a proper passing of the torch. Even though he doesn't really go, he's he's never going to go above one thirty five. It still it builds the name of him. One fight I would love to see because Pacquiao took away so much of the Mexican crowd uh, by annihilating their favorites, give Mikey Garcia a shot. That would actually... Uh, that's a good matchup. I don't
1: know if Pacquiao has a good fights left in him. Like, I'm just not super interested in watching him fight anymore. I, I think the Garcia fight is great for the reasons you said. Um, but do people really want to watch that?
0: Yeah, I think especially after the last fight, it's easy to trick the general public who's not that familiar with boxing into thinking that a big comeback's on the on the verge of happening. A lot of people like, well, people love comebacks because, you know, you can feel like you're a part of something special. You can say, I watched that at that moment in time. It's yeah. why George Foreman's comeback was still, it's the moment, like... It's, it's a big, people love comebacks. That's what movies are made of. That's why, you know, that's why people, some people love boxing is they love seeing the underdog story. And Pacquiao, for a giant chunk of his career, was an underdog. He became, you know, the standard of boxing. And then now he's back in the underdog role. And I think people will get on board with that.
1: So do you want your guy to fight Pacquiao? Is yes. another You do?
0: Yes. What if he beats you? Then it adds to Pacquiao's career and you lost to one of the all-time greats and you're a part of history as, you know, one of the biggest upsets of all time.
1: So you think that that goes down as uh, you lost to an all-time great, not you lost to a has-been?
0: No, because there's enough fandom behind Pacquiao that people actually believe in him. Um, This is not like, I keep referencing Roy Jones in this, but when Roy Jones was making his comebacks, like even against Calzaghe on the 24-7, he went on and he's like, if I lose, who cares? But if he lose, and like he just had this unbelievable and, I guess to a point, horrible self-belief in himself (laughs) that just kept on getting his face punched in. And I think that's different with Pacquiao. I think the fans of Pacquiao believe that he's actually going to be able to do it. I didn't believe in Roy Jones. I think that Pacquiao could beat... uh, (laughs) I think he could have competitive fights against a guy like Mikey Garcia, uh, against Lomachenko. I think they'll be fun for what it is. I don't want to see him against Terrence Crawford because I think he gets knocked out like a lot of people do. But then again, that's where... That's the Hollywood sort of underdog story where everyone's going to say that. I'm not... I'm not original for thinking Terrence Crawford's gonna spark Pacquiao. No. And I'm not original for thinking Errol Spence or Keith Thurman would. I think the best shot he's got is Keith Thurman because of the layaway, but I mean those three I think beat a Pacquiao at this point. But that's the thing, is this if is he actually if he if he gets the fight with Crawford, and if Crawford say he doesn't train as hard, or he just gets caught, man, you take the Pacquiao story, which is already incredible, yeah. and you make it something that is Unbeatable and undeniable.
1: Okay, well, I I want to dive into some of the fighters you brought up. You said a competitive fight against Lomachenko. Yes. And then you said you wouldn't want to see him against Keith Thurman because he would win.
0: I said out of the three, that would be the one, if I'm Pacquiao, that I would take because he's got the best chance against him. Yes, I I believe with proper training, Pacquiao at this point in his career loses to Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman, because I don't think that Pacquiao's is that good right now. I think it's uh, I think, I it's think a he's bald. better than Thurman right now. Yes, man, no way. Yes, watching. Okay, well that's that's kind of nigh because I don't even think Keith Thurman's fighting anymore. I think he's done. Like,
1: which is weird.
0: Yeah, it's something about getting married. And Who, what was that? Uh, what was
1: his last fight? Uh, maybe Danny two Garcia. fights ago. No, no, no. One before that. Sean Porter. Uh, <sighs> no, one before he Louis fought. Calaza? He fought a bum and looked awful doing Colazo. it. Yes.
0: Clauza not really a bum.
1: No, it was he... before that. Ah, we're gonna have to scrap Bundu. this. Bundu. Yeah, Bundu.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Earl Spence. What you him into. Bundu? <laughs> but that's the thing. Uh, that's also a lot of fighters didn't want to engage with him. Like, Bundu got rocked, and then he didn't want to do anything for the rest of it. So I don't think that's really his fault, but he should be finishing the fights that he should he's expected to. Anyhow, um, getting back on top topic, um, let's talk more about, like, instead of the Thurman thing, because I can't really... You, you can't really say that Thurman's going to be in shape again ever. Um, but I'm saying, like, if Pacquiao were to fight any of the top and any of the guys that are belt holders, even though I know that Thurman's been s- stripped... Uh, I think that's his best shot. I still could see Thurman winning, though. Like it, it's just, hmm. man, it was just so false watching that fight. That Matisse Pacquiao fight wasn't. It wasn't. It was exactly like the promoters wanted. Uh, sure, it was. It, they. It, it's like going to North Korea and going down the nicest <laughs> road, and you're like, wow, it's the not as bad as everyone says. But then yeah. you take the left turn, and it's shitty. But kind what of we like saw, the Vegas Strip. <laughs> yeah, what we saw. Was the Vegas strip of Pacquiao's career. They brought in Matisse, who didn't want to, he didn't want to do anything, man. He he didn't look good. And Pacquiao took advantage. Man, there was a shot there that it didn't even look like it landed.
1: You mean the one that ended the fight?
0: No, the one that was in like the I think the <laughs> second round or something. I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> what is happening here? What <laughs> a crushing
1: blow that made me concede this fight." Yeah, that didn't even look like it landed.
0: <laughs> so, now I want to get back uh so you think that Pacquiao would win some of these fights?
1: I think Pacquiao decisively beats Thurman.
0: Okay, Thurman, just chuck that name out, because he's not even a belt holder right now. What about... Pacquiao uh, has his belt now, <laughs> oddly enough. But I mean, I, I guess we would have to bring up the winner of Porter and Danny Garcia, who I agree with you if you're going down that road, where the winner of that fight I think Pacquiao does have a chance against.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I would like to see him against Porter, actually. I think that would be a good fight. I think that's the best fight he could make.
0: Well, if you watch Jeff Horn versus Pacquiao, you're going to see a stronger Jeff Horn against Pacquiao.
1: Yeah. I still think it's... We love Sean on this show, don't get me wrong. He's not the greatest technical boxer, though. Nobody
0: mauls you. No one one has a fight with Sean Porter and doesn't look like shit afterwards. I I
1: agree 100%. I think Pacquiao stands a chance in that. I think he is still quick enough. He obviously doesn't have his old speed but i think he's still quick enough to, to combat that power to an extent
0: i don't think so you don't okay um maybe maybe in that fight um i i think i if i was to bet on it especially with the the odds that might be in place favoring a porter or garcia mm-hmm. i would probably bet on pacquiao for that fight but only if betting odds would <laughs> be kind I take a
1: plus two fifty on Pacquiao on that.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's that. If he was to, you know, go after a belt, that's that's who I'm targeting if I'm Pacquiao because I I, I don't give him much of a shot versus Errol Spence or Oh, God no. Crawford.
1: No, I I think those two embarrass him. Yep, and that goes back to the my my ranting about the torch is I don't. Uh, I agree with you, Ted, to an extent. He has a torch to pass to certain guys. I don't. I think Crawford or a Spence or a Lomachenko, I think they've already taken his torch. He doesn't have anything to pass them because I think they are leagues better than he is at this point. At but I think point. it
0: elevates it on a casual level. Sh- uh, and I, 100%. That's, that's what I'm getting at with the torch being passed mm, okay. is De La Hoya did it to Mayweather to elevate him on a media level. Um, Well, I mean, he wanted the challenge, obviously, but I mean, in beating him, what it did for him, it turned Mayweather into making a million into a multi-millionaire. Look at what De La Hoya did with Pacquiao. Pacquiao whooped him. Who are people talking about in the news the next day? Pacquiao. And that's where I have a problem where Mayweather just left. Uh, and he was fighting the you know I didn't like the ghost fight I didn't like the Berto fight I didn't like I guess he kind of tried it with uh, no Victor Ortiz but like yeah like that he just kind of bounced out and like to do the whole McGregor thing I'm like whatever like you're not you're not helping the sport at all uh, the but, opposite of that yeah but Pacquiao you know he's got a chance right now if he fights Lomachenko um, I don't think Lomachenko knocks him out I no. think it would be a very good it would be an easy way to get casual boxing fans into knowing the next generation uh, of superstar. So
1: that's a good point. I someone like Alomachenko could really benefit from that. I guess all three of them could really cuz you're right, the name recognition is there. Um my but, mom would know who Pacquiao is, so
0: well that's that's why so many guys are after him right now. They watch the fight and they're like, "I can win that." Like that's that's a winnable fight for me. I need to fight this guy cuz it's man it's bigger paychecks.
1: What about Pacquiao and Khan? Uh
0: yeah, I've heard that passed around. Um uh, I guess one thing we didn't even touch on was Amir Khan calling Bruce Je- calling Caitlyn Jenner Bruce uh at the ESPYs, but that's for another time maybe. Uh Like pump, like to his face. <laughs> yeah, like was chilling with Caitlyn Jenner and then he called Br- he called her Bruce. Why? That is <laughs> Just feels like such an Amir
1: Khan thing to do.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And then so anyhow, getting back to the fight though, uh, he's been he's been clamoring for that, but I think Amir Khan is gonna fight Kelp Rook in England and hopefully we don't get the Pacquiao Khan fight. If it happens, sure, that's a good way to go out. Pacquiao's getting that KO because Amir Khan is so damn stubborn, he's gonna try brawling with Pacquiao and he'll get he'll get his uh glass mandible rocked. But yeah, I I don't really want to see too much more Pacquiao, but I want to see enough that he's able to properly leave the sport. I'm glad he didn't leave the sport after Marquez.
1: Which I think a lot of people would have, <laughs> he almost left earth after that fight. <laughs> so I'm not sure too many people would have been surprised if he did. So it is good to see him take on fights, however competitive or non-competitive they may be. I guess I, I get scared. We've brought it up a few times. Uh, I don't want to see him go down the Roy Jones path and just get
0: bodied. But it's scary thinking of how many people he's got in his entourage and how bad this story could possibly turn out. I mean, realistically, life is pain. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, got dark. And Pacquiao's got a lot of debts and he's got a lot of yes men around him and his team just seems like they just seem like vampires sucking and clinging onto a host. Like, and they'll, it's the Mike Tyson thing, right? They'll just be there until the money's gone. And then when money's gone, he's gone. But I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to see him box. I I would like to see him fight like one or maybe two more fights. Give him one competitive fight and one send off fight and we're good. Yeah, I, I think that's, that is definitely the way to go. And uh speaking of the way to go we're uh, we're going to be introduced to a new way to watch boxing which is on my most hated streaming uh service Dazone, or as I know it Dazzin. um now I did see you go
1: off on our official Twitter <laughs> at Dazzin. um
0: I I go off on them quite regularly
1: so I have a very different experience and I love Dazzin.
0: Ugh. I hate it.
1: I, I, for those of you who don't know, I took a, an assignment in Armenia the past year and change, but I had Dazzin over there because I used it to watch football before I left here, and it worked on literal third world Wi-Fi.
0: Okay. That's not the issue I have. What's the the issue? Uh, and you're setting is. the bar pretty low here. Hey, I was in Azerbaijan and it gave me Sh- stuff to watch. Like, sure. How did your Netflix work over there? Well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, the main my 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 annoyance is they say it's live, but it's not live. It's uh, like a four or five minute delay on a football game. In is my it,
1: experience, it's been like a minute.
0: Maybe I'm over exaggerating. Uh, but... This seems
1: wildly exaggerated, but I will okay, I, I agree with you. I will say it's you. more than
0: a minute though. I'm going to go with 2 minutes, mm, debatable. Uh, uh, anyhow. Um that is really annoying though. sucks. The sound would go in and out of live games. The picture would degrade all the time, and sometimes it doesn't even work.
1: Ted steals his internet from a cable in the ground.
0: <laughs> I do not. <laughs>
1: It certainly seems that way.
0: Man, what kind I of have, internet do you have? Uh, my my uh, my place is wired with the uh, optic. It's,
1: this yeah. seems so wrong. This Man, what's be. wrong
0: is to make it so that I have to get the zone again. <laughs> I hate that program. It sucks. There's there's a reason. Okay, Carter's going off as no. if I'm dead wrong on this. There is a reason that. Dezone had the NFL football rights and had to go through I think it was Rogers or Bell to actually release their yeah. NFL rights to them so that they For could Sunday put it again. on Sunday Ticket and recharge people because people hated the service so much and it was so terrible at broadcasting these games. I hope they changed it. I don't see it happening cuz the service blew so much ass and then canceling out of it. Wasn't it, half this bad. Man it's the shittiest service, and it's 20 bucks a month. For 20 bucks a month, I better be getting some good content, which it doesn't have unless you like, you know, cricket at 3am in the morning, <laughs> and you want to see Iran versus uh, Australia in a heated game of cricket, um, or like some KHL games, it, that's... I know you got to start somewhere, but that's the shittiest way they could have started, and I will forever be annoyed by them. The.
1: Literally the only thing wrong with Dazzin is that it has a delay. That is the only issue
0: with it. Ignorance is bliss, Carter.
1: Don't be poor like Ted, <laughs> and Dazzin <laughs> will work fine.
0: Man, I have top speed internet, and this shitty ass program does not. It's. Lag. The sound goes out. The no, picture quality sucks. This is crazy. It does. I'm not the only one that thinks the this. The picture at, quality go isn't on as their good Twitter, as cable. Go, go on their Twitter. I refuse. Yeah, people are is salty. <laughs> yeah, that's. Was well, it
1: as good as cable? No. No. Did it did it work acceptable for
0: if you're in Azerbaijan? oh no. That's what Sunday like, ticket. Sunday
1: tickets like three hundred dollars here.
0: So. I'd rather pay 300 bucks and get every game when it's played in good quality and have a dependable stream than have this... Like, honestly, man, if you go... Okay, so if you have people over and you're like, let's go watch the Joshua fight, are you thinking, man, this is going to be a reliable stream and this fight is going to be sweet? Or are you going to think that someone... You know, shit a turd in the punch bowl pretty quick and upset everyone at the party because your stream blows and you have to go on Twitter asking DAZN, why am I spending 20 fucking dollars a month? Like ESPN Plus is what, five dollars?
1: If we want to talk about shit, (laughs) let's talk about ESPN Plus.
0: Well, I don't have it. I, 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 how how are we supposed to watch that uh, aside from illegally streaming it? Because you can't buy ESPN Plus. And it's Canada like a yet.
1: fucking mystery too to yeah. get it. Like it wasn't. Here's <laughs> ESPN Plus. Buy me. It was like I'm a millennial for God's sakes, yeah. and it was difficult to subscribe and pay
0: for this. I couldn't figure it out. I- <laughs> That's a huge problem. And uh, from what I saw on Twitter, a lot of people are like, uh, going with my illegal streaming site because I have no fucking clue how to get this going. Like, can Canadians even get it?
1: I don't... You know what? Maybe that was the problem, but it certainly didn't seem like it.
0: But if that's the case, like I always, uh, especially if I've had a few beers, I'll usually target TSN because I hate how (laughs) their boxing coverage sucks so much. Um, But in that case, like, If TSN's not showing the fight, or if Sportsnet's not showing the fight, and I'm a fan of boxing, there's literally no outlet for me to pay for it, what else am I supposed to do?
1: That's a good point, and it's not to say that, while Ted does exaggerate, that is not one of them. It is very, very difficult to watch. Really, any sports outside of hockey or NFL here, like there we don't have a whole lot of options.
0: Well, we got you know, there's more coming to us, one of which I hate, but
1: uh <laughs> I'm not sure where you expect to get your source of darts and cricket from, if not
0: <laughs> Dazzin. Um anyhow, uh speaking of Dazone, they signed a whole bunch of fighters. Um I believe the kickoff fight is going to be Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin who is also a known Reuter, who has tested positive multiple times, and uh, it's not the fight we want, but I think we'll save getting into the Joshua Wilder thing for another date. Um, So there's that fight, as well as there's talks that it's Demetrius Andrade versus Billy Joe Saunders as, uh, I think it was the IBS. Andrade? Yeah.
1: Isn't it Andrade?
0: Yeah, you would think so, but I don't really know, because HBO (laughs) says it as Andrade.
1: All right. Yeah. that That's a fun fact to me. Yeah. I, this could be another Anhel Garcia situation, <laughs> but uh, if HBO says it, I'm going to take that as truth.
0: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we also got... Severe autism and that doesn't exist. BV autism. Uh, I actually, I, I had to go and Google that uh, <laughs> because while watching it, I'm like, severe autism. That doesn't sound like a real thing. Like, Make it
1: sound like a disease. Yeah, I and, can't believe
0: that HBO said that. Uh, Lampley's done it multiple times. He's like, and his <laughs> his sister who suffers greatly from severe autism. Like what? And so then I, I was like, man, I can't be crazy thinking that Jim Lampley is just overdoing it here. And he was, I Googled it and they're like, I no. I wonder
1: if he ever goes home and listens to the things he says and goes, oh man, I should not have said that.
0: <laughs> well, he got in a little bit of trouble when Pacquiao got knocked out and he related it to the tsunami that just killed thousands of people in the Philippines. So it wouldn't be the first time that I'm sure Jim's regretful, <laughs> but won't be the last. Um anyhow yeah uh DeZona actually has a lot of there, there's a lot of good fights that are going to be on that uh my frustration is I worry that the that the general public might be turned off of boxing because of how shitty the app is but maybe <laughs> it got better uh I'm willing to give it another shot um but yeah so you have that fight you have uh, the Joshua fight and then they also signed the super or the not super 6 of boxing The world uh, boxing series with um the bantam weights right and is it the lightweights? I thought it was the... I yeah, they super lightweight, the super seven, didn't they? Uh, it's uh, no, it was the super six. It was Showtime's thing. I'm I'm talking
1: about the one. Oh
0: now. no no no! They, this was just super lightweight and super bantam, or er, and just Bantamweight. weight. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of that. So the super lightweight quarters begin with Regis Prograce, Terry Flanagan, Josh Taylor versus Ryan Martin, who is a previous guest on the show. Um, blue Chip. Blue Chip. Kirill uh, Relic versus troyanovsky Um y- y- uh, bl- 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 Ivan Branichuk versus Anthony Can-You-Dig-It-Yig-It. Uh, <laughs> Who, Did you make that up, or is no, that no? That's No, that's, that's his nickname. Um, another wow. thing, too, is uh, he went on to Reddit asking people to design his trunks for him.
1: Oh, I'm sure that went well. Failed
0: miserably. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of been backing out on the whole deal because he keeps on pushing it off, and now he's saying he can't actually wear the trunks. But the trunks are actually a picture of Tyson Fury's face on the crotch, and uh, I think the ass as well. But uh, I can't
1: imagine how... <laughs> Assigning internet trolls to your design trunks would backfire in any way.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. It's like when Mountain Dew was asking for the latest. uh, They they wanted people to vote on the latest flavor. and It was supposed to be Apple. And uh, I think the leader was Gushing Grandma. (laughs) You know, this
1: is a good point because the internet has so many examples of why letting... (laughs) strangers online choose things for you is a terrible idea. Or
0: Pitbull asking which Walmart he wants people of America to pay to see him at, so they voted Alaska.
1: (laughs) You know, in fairness to him, I heard that he went and actually performed that and that it was fantastic.
0: I can't see how it wouldn't be. It's Mr. Worldwide.
1: (laughs) He's an international
0: man. (laughs) Who... Only seems to fly to Miami and Australia and L.A., just a few handful of places. He's more like a selective worldwide man. Kenya, (laughs) Libya. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, and then uh, the Bantamweight quarterfinals. Derailed. Ryan Burnett versus Nonito Donaire, or as he says it, Donaire. Um, That's not a real thing. That is a real thing. (laughs) Uh, Neoya Inouye versus Juan Carlos Payano. What? Inouye? Yeah. The,
1: you mean the number one pound the for number- pound champion <laughs> of the world? Inouye? Uh
0: I think Ring still has him as number four, which is ridiculous, but another time. Um, Zoltan, or Zolani Tete versus Misha Aloyan. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez versus Jason Maloney. Um, these matchups are really, really interesting. Uh, do you have picks from either of them?
1: Inouye wins all of the fights, including the ones he isn't fighting in, because of how good he is.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Pound for pound, number four means a lot, so he's taking the whole thing. Uh, why did people even sign up for this?
1: (laughs) For those not familiar with our terrible brand of sarcasm, uh... We recently were arguing over the pound for pound rankings, of which Inoue seems to dominate, um, despite not having a
0: whole lot of fights. Or, well, he's he's got a he's got a he's got a lot of fights against you know decent flies and all that, but. His last three fights have not been anything to write home about, and he, like, I get it. He's a very feared fighter, but when he's, uh, he's yeah, don't get me, he's good. When rings putting him ahead of guys like Earl Spence, Usyk, uh, Kovalev, whatever, you can you can do that, but they don't even like mention an Anthony Joshua on the list, and maybe that makes me sound like a homer, I guess, but I don't think it does. Like he's just not proven enough for me to be doing that, and I know that, you know. um People say like, "Oh, you just haven't watched a lot of his young, earlier fights. He's only been fucking boxing for a few years." It,
1: well, that's the issue with it is, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with him being on the list. It's that when you ask someone to say why is he on the list, they just go, "Well, he's so good."
0: Yeah, and he is. But he just—he doesn't have that signature fight, and I think to be a pound for pound like one of the top five, you got to have at least one signature fight where people are like, "Holy shit!" Didn't expect him to knock the shit out of that guy, and yeah. he did. That's—that's that's all we're saying. Um, it's ridiculous, but I mean, <sighs> different strokes for different folks. I But guess. that's
1: why he wins all of the fights.
0: I no sarcasm. I think he will steamroll this tournament. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, in the lightweights or super lightweights, I think that's where it gets a lot more interesting. Uh, Regis Prograis, I do believe, would be the the favorite here. Uh, Josh Taylor and Ryan Martin is an unreal fight to start this off.
1: Yeah, that'll be really good.
0: Um, I'm really, I'm kind of stumped. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with Progray's last fight two weeks ago. He's good. Uh, he's very good. It's just, I don't know. I, it's just tough for me to to call this. I I would have to see, I guess, the first the first round of this tournament to make a, an accurate assessment of who I think is actually going to go through. Because I really I can't tell you. No, looking at the list, I I think Ryan Martin has a fairly good shot at it. He has been a little uh, gun shy in his past couple fights, though. He ha- it, he has.
1: I don't know. I don't know how I would explain it. I, I'm with you. It does seem like he's gun shy, but not because of a lack of talent to execute. He just seems like he's hesitant. But it doesn't seem like a it Seems a like he's scared over thing.
0: Yeah, it's like he over he overthinks the situation. Yeah, that's a good way to put
1: it. That's that's an excellent way to put it. Thinking too much about it when he's got a guy that he can just feed shots.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, even on the Canelo and Triple G undercard, it was, like, by the third round, you're like, man, Martin can blow this dude out. Like, what is holding him back? And I don't know if it's the trainer just saying, boxed out, get the rounds in you, but the guy's frame alone makes you think that he should be knocking these guys out in one or two rounds. Yeah, I agree. Um, really interesting. I guess we'll touch on it closer to the fights. Um... But aside from that, uh, wrapping up the zone, uh, do you have a prediction for the Joshua-Povetkin fight? I think that's
1: an easy Joshua fight. Um, there's not really much else to say about it, in my opinion. Uh, Joshua's just better in almost every regard. It'll be a wicked fight. They're both good fighters. Um, Joshua's just at uh, a level above Povetkin, in my mind.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I hope that Joshua does not derail the Wilder fight. I hope that some crazy I, shit doesn't get thrown at him, because um, that's that's a huge risk. Like, that's my biggest fear in this. Is I thought of uh, back when Gamboa and Wanma were supposed to fight each other, and Aram's like, "Oh, we'll marinate it. We'll marinate it. We're," ma-, and then boom, Wanma yep. uh, Wanma gets his ass kicked, uh, and then like that with Mayweather happen. Pacquiao it's like okay is this going to happen is this, and they've reached the peak like there is no higher that they could ever bring this fight and then boom pacquiao gets knocked out cold, cold. and it, like i don't want the mystique of wilder versus joshua to be taken away i hope that Pavetkin can just get like sl- he puts him to sleep in like one or two rounds yeah. is ideal which i
1: think is I I wouldn't say likely, but it's well within the realm of reason.
0: Yeah, if I had to predict it, I would say fifth round or f- yeah, fifth round KO by uh, by Joshua.
1: But Sixth round TKO. Heard it here first. Hot take.
0: <laughs> you prices righted me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I mean, that's about it. Um, I can't think of anything else. There's nothing else scheduled here. I know that we're trying to cut the episodes down a little bit to make it a little more
1: consumable.
0: Yeah. Um, So if you have any questions, you want us to answer any questions on air, if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free, reach out. Our email is pinkjumpsuitboxing at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram is at pinkjumpsuitbox. And uh, our website is www.pinkjumpsuitboxing.com.
1: Another big thanks to uh, Barstool Pat coming on the show. Um, and again, you can check out Rough and Rowdy on August the 5th at roughandrowdybrawl.com. 15 bucks for the fight. Pre-order, 20 bucks the day of. And uh, we wish
0: him luck and thank him for coming on the show. And hopefully you get so excited for the show that you're drinking delicious pints of beefy autism. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bye. for tuning
1: in and we'll see you next week. <laughs>